In episode one, you mentioned having experiences that caused you to contemplate your faith. What challenges did you face in college that caused you to rethink your apostolic upbringing? How was your faith challenged? How did you balance your apostolic beliefs when you began to learn about these new ideologies? These are some of the questions that have been sent in by you. That's right. You are listeners. I am so excited to dive into episode four today because it gives me a chance to kind of get into your head a little bit to see where each episode takes you. So without further delay, let's get into it. We're answering listeners questions. I'm Brittany Harrison, self-proclaimed certified church girl who just happens to have a master's degree in clinical counseling. This podcast talks about approaching life's problems using logos or the divine reasoning of God. I believe the care and feeding of a Christian requires more than just prayer. That's right. I said it. We need more than prayer added to our toolkit of life. You don't have to choose between your faith and maintaining your mental wellness there's a beautiful synergy that exists for an optimal human experience. I promise this is a safe space and a soft place to land. Welcome to the Logos Podcast. Welcome back to the Logos Podcast, where we are bridging the gap between the faith-based community and mental health and wellness. I am your host, Brittany Harrison, and I am so happy you are joining me today. I'm excited to jump right into today's episode because I have a chance to delve into some of your questions. Some of you sent in questions wanting me to do a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the key themes from previous episodes. I absolutely love this. Sharing topics that I have is fantastic, but I care more about what you want to hear. I'm looking to change the format of the show a little bit, and I'd love to have a Q&A segment answering your questions. So with that being said, keep them coming. Send any questions you have to info at logospod.com. That's info at L-O-G-O-S-P-O-D.com. Nothing is off limits. Nothing is off the table. Almost nothing. I can't wait to hear from you. So let's get into it. First up is a question making reference to what I shared pertaining to my religious background. So here goes. In episode one, you mentioned having experiences that caused you to contemplate your faith. What challenges did you face in college that caused you to rethink your apostolic upbringing? So thank you so much for your question. So it wasn't actually an undergrad, but graduate school when I started to be challenged about what I believe. I went to graduate school to actually become a therapist. This career path I had chosen would require me to be willing to examine every part of who I was and challenge it. Why did I believe what I believed? How did I know it was true? For me, most of my identity that I actually paid attention to or focused on was my spiritual or religious identity. It wasn't until more recently I started to pay attention to the other parts of myself that make up my identity. For example, in this world, I show up as a black woman first before anyone knows who or what I believe in or even if I believe in anything at all, I'm judged based on my physical appearance. That in itself was telling for me that I had given so much attention to the invisible parts of myself than the visible. I had to examine every part of myself as a future therapist because I needed to be more aware of my biases that I may have had that could get in the way of me being an empathetic therapist. So just think about it for a minute. 
Would you want a therapist who are so deeply grounded in their beliefs that they are not able to help you, that it could possibly stand in the way of your progress because of their own thoughts and feelings about your presenting issue. Also, I couldn't help someone else challenge difficult parts of their belief systems if I first, as a therapist, had not also learned to do that for myself. That is probably the beginning of what even prompted me to start to challenge or rethink my upbringing. It happened by way of preparing for my future career as a therapist. Now, this next question is a little bit of a part B to the first question. How was your faith challenged? So as I was going through this breaking down of my faith, I started to say I was spiritual and not religious. Nowadays, however, that has many different meanings and connotations. So I definitely understand the importance of being clear on what I mean when I say Uh, that I'm spiritual. What I was trying to convey, however, was religion, if you're not careful, has a way of making oneself righteous. You literally believe you can earn your way into good standing with God. Being religious for me was very stressful and kept me in a perpetual state of never enough, resulting in a cycle of anxiety. I could never pray enough, read enough, or do enough good, dutiful deeds that made me feel satisfied enough to believe that God was pleased with me. Saying I was no longer religious, but spiritual relieved me from the expectations of having to keep up. Later on, I started to realize that religion, when in its proper perspective, actually did serve a purpose for me. It actually helped to maintain my spirituality. So for example, I went through a phase when I started to question if something was really wrong with secular music. I was raised in a household where all we listened to was gospel, and quite honestly, that was all that was allowed. That was a religious belief that I held on to believing that secular music pulls you away from God. As I started to challenge my faith and my beliefs, I started exploring other music outside of gospel and realized that there were some songs and music that weren't demonic at all and certainly didn't drive a wedge between me and God because if it did, maybe my relationship with him was fragile to begin with. However, Religion encouraged me to be careful of what I allowed myself to consume and caused me to have a greater awareness of the content. And we all know too much of anything is not a good thing. And that's how I see religion. I had to start deciphering what was an overuse of religious influence and what was actually practical. It became abundantly clear to me that I should let God convict me rather than building the standards of my life on someone else's convictions or beliefs. That is an unhealthy way to try and build and maintain a healthy relationship with God. Building my faith on what someone else believes to be right and wrong would cause that person, not God, to always be the standard. That means that even if God himself came down and told me I was doing too much and overexerting myself with a bunch of works, I wouldn't even believe him or make space or room for his voice only if it was aligned with what I already believed to be true. So I would have to say that is how my faith was challenged. I really wanted to start understanding 
where the core of my beliefs came from. What was it built on? So in previous episodes, you heard me talk about my religious upbringing, but more specifically, the denomination I was raised in, which was apostolic. So this question asks, how did you balance your apostolic beliefs when you began to learn about these new ideologies? Thank you for your question. So it was less important to me to hold on to doctrines of my denomination and more important to lean into what was true and authentic. As time went on, the apostolic denomination would just be an indicator of the type of church service or worship experience I may encounter. What was most telling for me was there were a lot of churches that proudly carried the apostolic title But rarely did you see the acts of the apostles actually happening regularly in the midst of their services. The math just won't math them for me. It was more important for me to see people having experiences such as word of knowledge, seeing more people be delivered from tormenting spirits or healed from longstanding illnesses and ailments. And the list goes on. Experiences that would cause them to never be able to deny that God exists. I wasn't seeing a lot of that. And it became abundantly clear to me also that it was more to this walk than just being baptized in Jesus name and receiving the Holy Ghost as evidenced by speaking in tongues. I also started to see how so many people were idolizing their denominations oftentimes using that as the standard to determine how saved someone is or the likelihood of a person or group of people getting into heaven. God seemed too vast for any of that to actually make sense to me. I did, however, hold on to the value of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I only wish that other gifts of the Holy Spirit were talked about aside from speaking in tongues. There was so much more to be learned that I feel I didn't really discover until later, such as how the gift gives you power in spiritual warfare. That is huge when you think about combating mental illness. It's one thing to take authority over a thing, but when you understand your power and how to renounce things in the spirit realm you've attached yourself to, whether knowingly or unknowingly, that maybe have caused doors to be opened or portals to darkness that is causing unrest in your life. Now, that is a whole different kind of prayer and prayer life. So I don't really know that I was looking for a balance with my apostolic beliefs and the new knowledge that I was coming into, but it was more of a taking the meat and leaving the bones or throwing away the fat. More than anything, it gave me a foundation to start building on as I started to grow in my spiritual identity and wisdom and knowledge. So our last and final question is, did you question everything you have been taught about God? Thank you so much for your question. So the short answer is yes. I wanted to know if everything I had been taught about God was true. And to be honest, I am still in that state of exploration. For me, any type of relationship that I have, whether it's spiritual or in the natural, It's important to me that that relationship is authentic and genuine in every way. So it was important for me to know if the God that I had been taught about was really the God uh, that I was serving and really the God that I had truly based my entire life around. I have to admit it was scary at first because what happens if God came back and I was in this state of exploration and I was now questioning my faith? What did that mean for me in the context of my Christianity? 
And even more, what did that mean um, when I think about where I was going to spend eternity? But looking back now, I realized that I started to lean into this idea that I had this safety net of grace that God knew, ultimately God knew my heart. And he knew that I was in a state of exploration because I wanted to know the real him. I didn't want to hear the rumors of who he was. I didn't want to hear um, or build my faith or my relationship with him um, based on how other people feel that they had experienced God, which unfortunately me, which unfortunately for me was not a very um, loving uh, personification of who God was. Um, so I absolutely believe that while I was questioning who he was and his character, um, I, I definitely can say that I felt a safety net of grace and protection around me during that time. And on the other side of this, I really started to see how and why so many people were turned off from the Christian faith. Why so many people um, or had no interest in wanting to learn about our Jesus. We often scream fire and brimstone, holiness or hell, but we whisper, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. The God I was beginning to learn about was a lot more laid back than the image I had of him. Not laid back or soft on sin, but laid back in the sense where he didn't have a whole lot of time or room to keep a tally of all of our sins. He had way too much love and grace to give. I have to say now, while I am on the other side of that, I am loving the God that I have come to know. Now, I'd be lying if I'd say that I don't have moments where I still slip back every now and then into thinking of God as a monster waiting to punish me. Then I think back on his grace while I was in that exploratory state of trying to get to know who he was. Every time that pulls me right back into the loving nature of who God is. That is all the time we have for today. That does it for this episode. I hope you were able to learn a little bit more about me and why this topic is near and dear to my heart. Thank you for your questions. And I hope as I share my heart, you are feeling helped or encouraged in some way. Again, to submit your questions, email me at info at logospod.com. That's info at L-O-G-O-S-P-O-D.com. Bye for now.